Like my mum lost two kids before me. We never spoke about it in depth, but we touched on it. I think I mentioned it somewhere in the book where I found a picture on top of my wardrobe and I asked her, oh, what is this? It was a baby picture and she was like, oh, sit down. And I just knew from then, like, mm. we're about, I'm about to hear something that I'm probably not ready for. Mm. And she was like, yeah, I lost a kid and I lost two kids. And she was just explaining that my next door neighbor that lives next to me, I got a friend called Sharon that lives next to me. And she was saying how they was both preg pregnant at the same, around the same time or whatever. Their mum pregnant and just she was just telling me and I cried and cried and she's like this is why I don't want to tell you because you can't handle things like this and mm -hmm. like um so to set the scene so like for my mum to have me just my even arrival onto this planet like um was a fight definitely like let's get some good stuff out there man. yeah so, I love it I love um, it bro that's that's 1000 voices in a nutshell that's so. epic man since I saw yeah. that I was like yes Straight away. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, appreciate it, man. No brainer. I appreciate you coming down, man, anyway, once again. Yeah, for like sure. Like me, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a grime head, man. Yeah. I, I tell you, I grew up in, on grime. I went to school, yeah. How old are you? Um, 30. I'm probably, okay, probably yeah. younger, isn't it? Yeah. People people think I'm a lot younger now. Yeah. <laughs> I thought 30. you was like 28 or something. Nah, well, it's only a couple of years. I feel, some people think I'm like 23 and that, Yeah. Now nah, I'm 30, man. Um, I went to secondary school 04. So I started year 7, it was 04, and I remember when I got my phone. And I asked my cousin, so my yeah. first Bluetooth phone, you know, he had like yeah. 10 songs. Maybe. Yeah. So I was like, my cousin put some music on there. And then back home, so my mum, like, we just grew up listening to Oh, he put music on there, yeah? Yeah, yeah, because okay, I asked yeah. him, like, my yeah. older cousin, he was only one year older than me, but he yeah. had, he had you know, the music, innit? Yeah. So back home, all I used to listen to at home was, like, R&B. That's what my mum was doing. My mum was, like, yeah. 90s R&B yeah. only. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So he, he was like, yeah, I'll put some music on your phone. You put it on, it's just, like, full of grime, grime, yeah. grime. Yeah. And that's when I got into it, and, like, Chan Yu and everything, man. So um, I've seen you. I like what Marvel was on there, yeah? Yeah, Do you remember yeah. what song? Nah, I remember... I can't remember. I remember you like had a, a good. Ah, uh, I can't remember. I can't remember the song. Or was that. it some of the freestyles? Because we had a lot of freestyles floating. Them Westwood freestyles we had were crazy at the time floating. Around. I remember there was one. There was one sick Westwood freestyle with the movement. Was that the one? No, nah, I don't think it was me. I think it was just you three. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. How many have you got? You got a few. There's or? a couple. Yeah. There's okay. one with the movement. Yeah. One with Wretch and Gets and Kelly. And then there's some some by ourselves. Right, you know, it was definitely it was one with just you three actually, okay. which I thought was sick, man. Um, I can't remember the name of the song. I can't remember, man. But yeah, Grimehead anyway, man. Yeah, Growing definitely. Yeah, watching watching you lot, man, and all of that. So definitely. So it's, uh, it's good to get you down here, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's love. Yeah, man, appreciate you, man. Because like it's like um, because of the internet, I get to see all the people that was listening to us then, like now how we're meeting. Mm. But at that time, we knew we had a big fan base. But yeah. we couldn't see it and touch the people. It's not like now where everyone's doing headline shows every week. and Not every week, but you know what I mean? Like they're doing more headline shows and more tours. Mm. At that point, the only people that was really touring was like the signed artists. Mm. You know what I mean? So we wasn't, like I was talking to Double and Vertex and I was like, bro, can you believe we didn't do a show? No shows? No, we did shows, but I mean our oh. own headline show. Oh, We okay. didn't do one. That way I would have got to meet you because I know you probably would have come to mm. it or something. But like, we didn't do one headline show. Was that a thing though? back then not really that's what i'm saying yeah. not really only like the signed acts was doing like headline shows because i can't really think of any i think of like a few because i remember i saw gets at um it's a gun independence party okay Strat yeah. no stratford rex yeah yeah i yeah. got yeah. shut down now but yeah i saw him there but it was not like a but that Getz. wasn't his show yeah, though it's not a get show that's what i'm saying he was performing that's there. what i'm saying yeah so we had all these supporters but we never had a way to like really connect but you lot done the 
like this um sort of because you lot were putting stuff on was it what was it back then was it myspace or sound not soundcloud whatever it was i don't know you put it MySpace, on the internet it was MySpace. we had a vlog that was it. we had yeah, this yeah, vlog yeah our blog was going off and people were getting music from there yeah 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 and i don't yeah. think anyone was doing that either at yeah, the time. yeah 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 how did that happen um i think we copied that from bashi bashi started it bashi okay. was the first person to come in the scene with like the blog and filming and then tiny temper started doing it then we started doing it but then we took it to a next level because vertex mm. in my, the other group member he's a director i don't know if you remember that no but, like he shot like chipmunks videos and end dubs and tinty strider and so he was a director so like it was really unfair on everyone else because <laughs> we had a director <laughs> in our group so mm. our videos and our vlogs looked like videos yeah like it was just mad yeah. And that's what kind of drew everyone to us because our stuff looks so professional. Like if you put our videos against the videos now, it's not too far off. Mm. That's how ahead we was visually. Yeah. Talking about Vertex being a director, actually, there's a few things I want to get into. Mm. And like, so I read, I got your book here. Yeah, yeah. A section of my life. And I started yeah. reading it. Yeah. And there's a couple things in, in there, actually, I want to get into. Yeah, um, for sure. There's, you talk about your mum quite a lot mm -hmm. in the book. Yeah. And I want to, take it back a bit and talk yeah. about your upbringing um, yeah. growing up in Tottenham and that yeah. um, what that was like just to set some context for people who may not necessarily be aware of you know where you've come from some people okay. might know you from back in the day yeah. some people might know you from stuff you do now yeah. probably a mixture of different people that's some true. people may not necessarily know who you are right in now in general yeah just that's for true just for context your yeah. background and also the importance of um, how pivotal I suppose I would say your mum was in your yeah, brain as well definitely um, so just to even set the scene of where I landed on planet earth I landed in Broadwater Farm Tottenham and Broadwater Farm is like a notorious place it's known all around England probably worldwide now because of the Mark Duggan thing but um, Broadwater Farm had two riots one when Mark Duggan passed in 212, was that 212? 212, yeah. Around 212. Yeah. And then there was one before in 1986 when a police officer's head nearly got chopped off or something like that, something crazy like that. But a police officer did die and um, due to that first riot. So that's where, that's like where I'm from. So like my area is like infested with police always. And I thought it was normal until like I started living in different places. And I was like, yo, that weren't normal. Every two minutes, there's like a bully van speeding through or like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I, I think that tension between Tottenham and police is going to be there for like a long time. But, um, but then there's positives though, because like in 2023 today, you've got Heady One that went number one with his album and he's from Border Farm. He walked the same roads that I walk in the estate. And then you've got Band OK, you've got Abracadabra that just did the trapping movie. And like, so they're bringing a whole different energy to the estate. There's a bus called the W4 that goes through the area, literally goes through the area. And I saw kids with their camera phones out filming the area as they went through. I couldn't believe it. I never <laughs> saw that when I was younger. Mm. Like, no one, not people cared about the estate, but just for beef. Mm. I'm seeing like kids saying, oh, they shot the video here. This is where their man did. So like they've actually turned everything into a positive. It's a beautiful thing. We also got someone called Classford. I don't know if you heard of Classford, but no. he taught everyone how to play football. 95% of people from Tottenham went to football training in um, Broadwater Farm and got taught by this guy called Classford. I think he got MBE from the Queen and everything. Like he's a he's a legend. So like farm's got both sides. It's got the negative, it's got the positives. Mm -hmm. Like Princess Diana came through there and like, it's a proper, very iconic place. So, like, I felt that pressure from young 
to do something great coming from Broadwater Farm. There's like a big mural in Farm and it's got like Bob Marley, um, John Lennon, Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi. And I used to see it every day when I walked past it. And like subconsciously, I know that had an effect on me. So I used to always ask myself like, why don't, why them? Like, what, who are these guys? You know what I mean? Like, why did mm. they pick them mm. to be in this estate? And like, now I got a Vomali tattoo on my shoulder. Oh, like, yes. Crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. And then, because I'm from East London, I grew up in Leytonstone, but even where I was, everybody knew about farm. And mm. it wasn't even brought yeah. even brought to a farm. You say farm, everyone yeah. knows. Yeah. Yeah. You know what you're not talking about yeah. farm, you talk farm. Yeah. Everyone, everyone knew, man. Yeah. Um, it's notorious in that sense, but then yeah. I guess you get that community sense, community yeah. around it as well. Yes, the community so, is so important. I remember when I went to Grenfell after the, the Grenfell Tower um, burnt down, and what I realised there was that there wasn't any official, like, official authority figures or anything like that at all but then the community yeah was like seriously yes i went together. down there too you know what i'm saying it's crazy yeah. you know what i'm yeah. saying but i think um even though the, i think in in times of when there's adversity when there's like when shit is the fan basically yeah, you know, yeah. the community bands together yeah, definitely. and i guess we've like um, broadwater farm so in the 86 i think that happened because a woman was killed right yes when the police someone... went into her house yes 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 like that. I don't know Sim, the was it story. cynthia jarrett or something like that i don't know i think so i don't know the name's familiar it might yeah, be yeah, it i don't want to misquote yeah i don't want to misquote either yeah it might be but i know that she was killed though yeah i think it was something to do with the police bargains or yes or yes like yes yeah and then from there obviously you've got the uh, community and then the community rose up for that yeah, yeah. community rise up yeah. as you should protect it you know look yeah. after your people and that kind of thing um mm -hmm. and then police whatever but then you got that you know that strong community yes, spirit yes yes and I that is there still yeah that's still there that's still there yeah. and you said that you, had, you felt like this pressure that you had to be great yes where'd that come from um is it family or uh that came from the history of the um area you know when mm. you're in like a historic area it's like yo mm. Yeah. Like my path set. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like um people with famous parents. Like whether you like it or not, you've got greatness on your shoulders. It's just up to you to rise up to that greatness. You can go be a drunk and then yeah. you still be a great <laughs> drunk from the family, you know the ones, but like greatness is already bestowed on your shoulders. And that's how I felt like as I deep deeper and deeper into the history of Rural Farm, I just see how more iconic it is. I only found out Princess Anna came there recently. I didn't know that until I was talking to Classman and he was like, he met her and he was one of the people showing her around. And I was like, yo, that's so like, it's just, I had to rise up to it. And then seeing that mural, like that always inspired me because I wanted, I want a mural on Vula of Home one day. There's power in knowing who you are and where yeah, you come sure. from. And I think when you, you learn more about who you are, where you come from, you yeah. begin to become more proud. Yes, and step, definitely. And then from there, you can step into that power. Definitely. That's the journey I've gone on myself. Yeah, somewhat. for sure. Like you learn a bit about your history, where yes, you come from, yes. family, etc. You think, right, yes. okay. okay this, this and that's why history is so important because um, I was watching something and he said we have, um, how did he put it? He said we have, racial esteem and is it family esteem i can't remember the second one but what he was trying to say we have esteem as in like oh i'm black and that's what gives me my self-esteem or you have your self-esteem from like a family like like what i just mentioned about having famous fa famous parents and it's like so i understand why our history got erased because like that's where our self-esteem will come from even if you haven't even met your ancestors just knowing that this is what they did gives you a sense of like 
Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's mm. like when um, fans go support their football teams. Like they're not even the ones playing, but they feel mm. like, yo, <laughs> Beckham represents me or like yeah. Ronaldo. Do you know what I mean? It gives you a sense of pride. So um, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean by knowing who you are. It's important. And then what did you want to be at them times? Um, I've always wanted to do music. I knew my calling from like early. It was not my calling's kind of deviated now into like books and like other things, but mm. it stemmed from music. I've been doing music since people's been calling me shocker since <laughs> since I was like 14, mm. 15. I've been doing music for a long, long time because my area was like one of those areas. Like Heartless Crew came to um Heartless Crew came to my football centre. You know the community centre I was telling you about that we learned yeah. football. Heartless Crew came there and performed when I was like 15, 16. Or well, no, yeah. younger than that. What am I talking about? Sorry, like 13, 14. Heartless Crew are big. Heartless Crew are big. Yeah. And they came through and I saw them and I was like, I want to do that. And I just went on that journey. And Heat FM was around the corner. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Heat, yeah. FM, yeah. Heat <laughs> FM was around the corner. So, um, yeah, I've been doing music forever. But it's just mm. grown. So, like, you can imagine what it's like for me seeing people like Chip and like Rich and like Skepta become like, superstars because mm. I, I saw their journeys from like I really saw their journeys especially Rex V2 which I mentioned in the book I don't know if you have you got that far nah nah okay I've, I've seen you I've, you've mentioned him um, but yeah I don't I've, yeah yeah I, I really saw Rex's journey like, I yeah. really saw Rex's journey so like he's a I, actually uh, yeah this is where I mentioned I don't know if what part of you're talking about particularly in the book I don't know if, but the part I got to was where you was talking so I'm fast forwarding quite a bit in your journey Yeah. but when you was um, the nurse was taking you away I think yes and, and you, I said his name said, I'm you know I mean? like that. Yeah, yeah do you know what I mean I said his name and it's like um, um, that that just shows how much influence he's had on me because yeah. that was a subconscious thing it's not like a conscious like it was in my subconscious somewhere do you know what I mean and mm. it crept up to the surface yeah. so like and he always shows me love and it still trips me out when I see him comment on my page and like yeah I mean, but he he's like a huge inspiration. I, I was a big fan of Wretched. I'm telling you, like, like I said, I've grown up on Graham. And I remember Wretched, I don't know if it was a mixtape or an album, like Cheetah Teacher Training Day. Yes. I remember having that on repeat. Yes. And he had this song, yeah, which I'm still waiting for part two, My Life. Oh, yeah. My yeah, Life, part yeah, one. Yeah. And, he, yeah. and he was like, this is part one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, that the intro? Was it? No, no, that wasn't it. I think it was the last track, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure it was the outro. It maybe it was the intro, but I think it was mm -hmm. the outro. Okay. I think so. Okay. And he was like, this is part one. It was like, Tivit was no fault back out, but et cetera. That yeah, was a yeah, tune. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, we need part two. Yeah, yeah, Still man. waiting for it, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Rich so. is, he's, he's out of this world. Yeah, yeah. For, for sure. For yeah. sure, man. Um, and we'll get into more of like the other side of things we spoke yeah. about there in a bit. Oh, my mum. I didn't answer that question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my mum, yeah, my mum is, <sighs> um, I'm my only child just to set the scene there and put that into context. Like, my mum lost two kids before me. We never spoke about it in depth, but we touched on it. I think I mentioned it somewhere in the book where I found a picture on top of my wardrobe and I asked her, oh, what is this? It was a baby picture and she was like, oh, sit down. And I just knew from then, like, mm. we're about, I'm about to hear something that I'm probably not ready for. Mm. And she was like, yeah, I lost a kid and I lost two kids. And she was just explaining that my next door neighbour that lives next to me, I've got a friend called Sharon that lives next to me. And she was saying how they was both pregnant pregnant at the same around the same time or whatever their mum pregnant and just she was just telling me and I cried and cried and she's like this is why I don't want to tell you because you can't handle things like this and mm -hmm. like um so to set the scene so like for my mum to have me just my even arrival onto this planet like um was a fight do you know what I mean like the womb I came from 
two kids came from there and didn't quite. So for me to come through, it's so that's already like I've already won. Do you know what I mean? So like that was like the first fight. So my mom really shielded me and like protected me, and she gave me such a beautiful um, childhood. My upbringing was like sick, but there's pros and cons to it. The pros to it was like. Um, it helped me with my self-esteem now because I always looked at myself. I can't explain it. Like, um, she helped me look at, she gave me the right, she helped me look at myself with self-respect because I never had to go out and like beg for anything or like, do you know what I mean? Everything I wanted, mm -hmm. I had. So like, whenever I was around people that was fortunate as well, probably more well-off than us. I never felt insecure in their company because I felt mm. like I've got some... Do you know what I mean? Like, I've got the same things. Mm. Not, not knowing that, like... Because it's like, for example, yeah, my mum took me... I got sent to boarding school in Nigeria and I went to a rich school. Mm. And, like, um, my family members was looking at me like, you don't understand what school your mum's taking you to. Because, obviously, i got other cousins out there that go to school, but, like, mm -hmm. their dream is to go to the school that my mum just took me to. Mm. So, when they used to come visit me, they used to look around, like, oh, this is what this... Like, I was, like, the gateway in for them to see what the school even looked like. Mm. But, like, I didn't realise it. And I was, like, the president's daughter was in my class. Bruh. And, like, when they're coming... On half-term, when they're coming to, like, visit her, um, you can see all the cars, they're like, you know... Up pulling up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't realise it, but my mum always put me around, like... Mm. Again, greatness. She was put me around just to make sure I don't feel uncomfortable in that environment. I didn't notice it, not knowing that, like, it's only now I'm starting to think, how's my mum paying for the school fees? Do you know what mm, I mean? Mm. I knew the job she worked, but, like, I don't know if it earned that much. Like, what was she, how was she making that work? Every quarter, like, paying for the So she, in that sense, that was a pro. But then the cons of it is, like, I wasn't ready for the world. Do you know what I mean? I feel like the kids, that's, there's a kid right now that's going through a hard upbringing, probably begging for things. His mom can't afford the right trainers that he wants to get the right clothing. He doesn't have money and he's looking at that like a proper con, but he doesn't know that like it's going to shape him for like hard situations later on. He can tap back into that and be able to deal with it. Whereas for me, I never had, I never faced, which I mentioned in the book, I never faced no adversity coming up. My come up was so smooth. I was the fly kid, <laughs> the one the girls liked, mm. doing music, only child. When you're only child, you get, I don't know if you've got siblings, but like, siblings, yeah. do you know what I mean? The only child, you get anything you want. Anytime I just make any sort of noise, it gets given to me, which is fun when you're young, but as you get older, it's like, it's such a con against you. Cause like, you can't manage yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. whenever I want to do something, my first thought is who can help me do it. Whereas like that kid I was telling you about that had to do everything by himself. His first thought is like, let me make this happen because no one's been there. If he has the help, it's cool, but no one's been there. So let me make this happen. Whereas my first thought is like, who can help me with this? Do you know what I mean? Has that ever manifested itself though, as you've got older? Like this con that you talk about? Yeah, of course. Definitely in little things. It could be like a flight. Do you know what I mean? And I'm thinking, um, do you know what I mean? Just mm. little things, like little, little things, like setting up an email, even though I can do it. These things that I can do, but my first thought is like, oh, who can help me with this? Do you know what I mean? Because I'm so used to getting the help. So it's mm. like, um, yeah, they manifest in like little ways like that. Yeah. 
and then the boarding school was that a behavioural thing or you're, you just got sent there just that was a behavioural thing that was, that was the typical behavioural thing you know the <laughs> behavioural thing yeah, yeah. that was the behavioural thing I was like um, I was proper I was on the wrong path when I was here the friends I was hanging around with like I was on the wrong path and my mum just intervened I was like I can but see I, where this yeah. is going how do you think that happened though because you sound like you grew up with like a proper loving mum how did I get on the wrong path yeah um just friends. Sometimes, mm. as soon as your child starts going into school, the influence back, the influence fight becomes becomes stronger between the friends he's hanging around with and the parents. You know what I mean? Mm. And like the influence my friends had on me was like way stronger than what my mom had on me. Especially my mom. If my dad was in my life, that might have been completely different. That's mm. like a different authority figure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. My mom, after some point, she couldn't really tell me nothing anymore. That's just yeah. the truth. Yeah, I think it gets to a certain stage, doesn't it? I remember my mum, uh, she never used to beat, to beat us, to be honest. Rarely. Like, I could probably count Did my you hand. have your dad in your life too? I didn't grow up with him. Okay. He was there, but it was sort of like, in, like we weren't living with him. Yeah, though. okay. Um, but I lived with my mum. Yeah. And then she, she was she was soft, didn't she? She used to yeah, threaten yeah. us, she was going to send us back. She never did. My mum yeah. never did. <laughs> she never went through with it. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, we were, I wasn't crazy, but just little things, innit? Yeah. Little things. In school, I was pretty good, to be fair. I just used to, like, messing around outside of school. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. go out and come home late, for example. Yeah. Go to a party. I told my mum, mum would be like, get home at 10 o'clock. I'm thinking yeah. the party starts at 10. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. get home, don't get home. Yeah. Like, just yeah. stuff like that. And I just yeah. wouldn't listen. Um, and she used to threaten me. And one time, she tried to beat me, I remember. But I was a bit older that time. And it didn't hurt one bit. <laughs> and I'm bigger than her. So I remember yeah. I was like, then I, she knew from then. Yeah, right? from then. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> so it's not the same kind yeah. of work anymore, man. Yeah, so... Same, my mum knew at a certain point that like, there's no fear I can put into him. So I have to mm -hmm. take him, Nigeria. I even ran away. In Nigeria? No, no, when she tried to take me here, I <laughs> ran away. And then, <laughs> to where? I went to like, um, do you know what's so mad? I went to like a show. It was like yeah. a performance. And like, while I was on the stage, I could see my mum waiting in there. So I was like, I was looking at everyone like, this is the last time you're gonna see me. You not better enjoy this because you're not gonna see me for a long time. And like they came and got me from the show and like took me home and um, yeah, but I got I went got sent to Nigeria <laughs> after that. Yeah. I got sent to Nigeria after that, and I was like, she came with me though. Mm. She came with me just to you know usher me in nicely, yeah. and then she left, and then I was still there, and like, that was a shell shock as well. I can't even begin to explain. Um, people knowing it, people that's been sent to boarding school know what the time is. It's like, do you feel like it was good for you? Hundred percent. Definitely, mm -hmm. because that's where I had my first encounter with God, deeper encounter, which I mentioned in the first part of the book. Remember I say, um, um, I stayed with one of my aunties mm -hmm. and she used to go to church all the time. And she took me to, and she used to take me with her. Prior to that, I never used to go to church. Like, not, while I was over here, like, I knew my mom believed in God, but I didn't, she wasn't actively going to church. Do you know what I mean? So I never used to experience church or experience anything like that. And to be fair, church mm. over there is completely different to church over here. No disrespect, but church <laughs> over here is kind of like more mainstream, if yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Over there is like powers. Do you know what I mean? Like it's mm. powerful. So like the church she took me to was powerful. And I remember like the pastor was preaching about um, confidence, like God made confidence of certain people in the Bible. And he was like... you you should it's important to make a covenant of god just a promise that you would uphold and he will uphold for you and i heard that and it just clicked and i was like i would love to help in some way and mm. 
how I would like you to help me, how probably with my music. That's what I thought it would be with my music. I didn't realize like the whole mental health activism was going to come into it. I had no, that didn't exist then. I mean, mm. this is a new thing. Yeah. So that didn't, I had no idea. And it's not a path that like you plan for. No one wakes up in the morning and says, yeah, I'm going to get sectioned. And then, do you know what I mean? It's just mm. something you fall into. Because I always had that um, confident thing in my mind, when I fell into it, I was like, oh, this must be it. And that's what helped me like mm. turn it into what I've turned it into today. Whereas someone else that didn't have that, when they fall into it, they just sink deeper. Yeah. But I was like, oh, this makes sense. This is probably how I can help people because I've just experienced something and I've just survived something. Now other people are going to relate. Do you know what I mean? I just yeah. pieced it together in my head like I knew. So when did you come back? Was that when you started to, like, I guess you were doing music for a long time. Yeah. Like your mum took you from a show. So literally, obviously, you've yeah, got, yeah, yeah, you've got yeah. some traction yeah, of some yeah. sort in yeah, before yeah. you've gone. But yeah. when you've come back, that's that when, when it got you serious. really start to see some success. Yeah, then? that's when it got serious. When I come back, I joined a group my friend Evans, his his music name was Mucky. And, um, oh, wait, I think I know the name. Ghanaian. I, I, I feel no. I feel like I've heard I've heard the name. I think music. Yeah, music. Grime. Grime. Yeah. I, I don't back think in he, the day though. I don't think it was super mainstream. But no, no, no. Back. I, in... I was a grime head. I told you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, I've yeah. heard the name. Yeah, and yeah. like he he was like, "Yo, there's a movement happening in Tiverton." And that's where I met Retchen at. Yeah. And then um, he took me to Tiverton and I joined this group called Chain Gang, which is the younger generation of the group Retch was in. So Retch was in Combination Camp. Yeah. And then the younger version of that was Chain Gang. And I was at the younger version. That's why I said, that's why I got to see him just strolling through Tiverton or like, mm. we'll be on the block and he'll come with new lyrics and like, everyone will lose their mind. That's what I'm saying. I got around. And that's when things really got serious because like, that's what they took me to like proper studios. The studios I went to before I got Nigeria was like the sock on the microphone, you know, the hood <laughs> yeah. studio, someone's bedroom. Yeah. They took me, he, Rich and Nero took me to a studio called Oscar. Everyone knows Oscar in North London. Proper mm. sick studio. It's in his house, but it's, he's done it up properly. And like, mm. that's when I was like, when I heard my voice, I, Kendrick Lamar said this as well and I relate. Kendrick was like, when he heard his voice for the first time through a um, proper microphone, he got addicted. Mm. And I relate to that. And I know there's probably other people that relate. When I heard my voice back, I was like, this is the feeling. This sounds epic. And then I just got addicted to that. I was always going to the studio, two hours, three hours, whole day. Mm. And then um, then Chengen kind of got stagnant a bit. And that's when I fell into Marvel. Um, Vertex did my promo cover, but he was taking long with it. <laughs> my friend oh the same friend Evans yeah. took me to Vertex's house one time actually but I was just there we didn't talk I think Evans went to record Vertex had a little setup in his house but then I found out he does promo covers and like you know them times was about promos remember yeah. MySpace time yeah, like yeah, four yeah, track yeah. promos yeah. so I did my little promo thing called Beast on the Loose and Vertex was taking along with it and like these times I'm fresh off the streets from Broadway <laughs> Farm so like I ain't got no chill yeah, so I yeah. called him up and I was like bro like fam do you realise you're playing with my life bro mm. and he was like um, yeah come come get it I've done it and I came down there and he was like yo this is the guy I'm telling you about because I don't think Vertex listened to the CD he just, mm. you know, tossed it to the side. But when he listened to it, he was like, yo, this guy's cold. And then Dub went, everyone was telling him, this is Shocker from Farm. Like, because mm. Vertex weren't really in ends at that time. He went boarding school too in Norwich. Right. So, um, which is mad. All me, Double and Vertex went boarding school. Oh, three right. of us. Double went in Uganda. Mm. I went in Nigeria. Vertex went in um, 
Norwich. Norwich. And then, yeah, Vertex did the promo cover. And then ever since from that point, he was trying to get me into Marvel. Like, he took me to... He had a raid him and because Marvel was formed before I even got involved. I didn't I didn't know that until I saw it in the book. Yeah, bro. It was Double S, Vertex, Shot D, and Maestro. Then Shot mm. D and Maestro left. Double was kind of doing his thing with Chip. And then Vertex was just kind of on his ones. But Vertex wanted to bring it back. So he recruited me in, took me to DJ Semtex's show for the first time. Semtex said to him, Who's in the building? And who's like, We've got Marvel in the building. <laughs> and I was like, All right, cool. Surround with it, and then we just went on this epic journey after that. What what's your, what would you say has been like your highest high on that particular time with Marvel when yeah. things were popping? The highest high, yeah. Ooh, like, like a particular memory that comes to mind. There's so many. There is so many. Um, meeting Drake with the Mandem, mm-hmm. that was epic. The man just, that, as in like guys from... No, from I mean you. with me, W and V oh, yeah. and Ben, the whole team. The reason why that was so epic is because of the lead up to it. We were so obsessed with Young Money. I don't know if you remember them times, it was always like yeah, putting yeah. Young Money in our lyrics <laughs> and it was always lying like we're going to sign to Young Money and just mm-hmm. making the internet go crazy. And then, um, and then yeah, bumping into him at the Metropolis studio, that was like so, that was so surreal because like, he was just outside having a cigarette. Him and Forty. I think mm. Forty was having a cigarette. I don't think it was Drake. And we walked past him and we walked <laughs> back and was like, bro. No, you do a double take. Like. Yeah, double take. <laughs> what are you doing here? And he was like, yo, man, like, I'm just here. I'm just writing some songs with Rihanna and shit. It was like, oh, Rihanna's in there. <laughs> so that kind of like diverted our attention from him. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And then we went in there and we saw Rihanna and like, we saw Drake for that whole week. People just think it was mm. that one encounter. No, he was there for that whole week. So, like, he was coming the next day and oh, Marvel Boys, what up? Hello, what's going on? Do you know what I mean? But, like, mm. the only regret I have is that, um, number one, we didn't talk to him about music. And number two, we didn't we didn't um, talk to him about the whole Young Money idea that we had. Do you mm. know what I mean, we're so, in, you know what happens. You're mm. so in the moment and you just, yeah. all of that goes out the window. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I definitely know I will bump into him again, for sure. Mm. And when I bump into him, I'm going to show him the footage. But yeah, remember yeah. this. And he won't forget it because it was the first time he came to the UK. All right. First time. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And he was telling us like, oh, I went to, he said he went to, is it Top Map? He went to some shop in mm. Oxford Street and people asked him for pictures and like, he couldn't believe it. And he was like, yo, yeah. like, I'm actually big out here. Do you know what I mean? But like, bro, you're kidding me. He had successful out at the time. That's true. And yeah. they sent us the official instrumental, like 40 sent us that. Oh, is it? Remember we did a successful remix. Oh, God, I don't know. I'll have to hear it. Yeah. Remember, yeah. That wasn't ripped off YouTube. That like, they sent us the beat. And like, so when Drake blew up, we ran back to the email like, <laughs> yo. <laughs> and like, they've already changed their whole setup. So yeah, yeah it's all good. Yeah. You know, I asked you about the memory in the highest hype because I wanted to set some context between what happened afterwards as well. Yeah, there's so many highs though. The Marvel FM mixtapes were highs. Just mm. watching that grow. We did mm. the first one. People didn't really know about us, but it got a few. Remember them times it was about downloads. Yeah. So it yeah. got a few downloads. Then the second one got like 20,000 downloads. Then the mm. third one was like 50,000. That's crazy at the time. Because we mm. couldn't see the people, we didn't know how big it is, but it's only now I'm seeing mm. you and like, I get stopped to the street like, yo, I love Marvel Free. And I'm like, oh, you lot was the downloads. <laughs> we just see the numbers. And we're like, yo, it's mm. going crazy out there, but we didn't know. And the third one's the third one's a highlight because that's when we got features. Like Getz was on the third one, gave us a crazy verse. He was in beef with P Money at that time. Yeah. So that's when that was hot. So he brought that energy onto like the song. 
Um, Doc Rotten was on the third one. Doc Rotten was on a few of them, actually. Um, Griminal was on the third one. Um, yeah, the third one is epic. Third mm, one is epic. Mm. Yeah, and then from there, so you lot, you got signed to Risky Roads. Yes, we got signed to Risky Roads. And then you released a track where I didn't do as well as you Yes, we released a track called We Know. Mm. It was like a mainstream kind of song. We should have released Marvel Music. We did release Marvel Music, but that should have been mm. the single. Well, if not Marvel Music, World is Ours. Do you know what I mean? That was like, we had two sides of our sound. We had mm. the mainstream side of our sound, which was We Know. And we had like, this, the, do you know what I mean? This crud side of yeah, the sound, yeah. which yeah. is like the Marvel Music and the World is Ours. And that's what they wanted. But we mm. was thinking, oh, because everyone was crossing over at that time. Yeah. Chip Despect number one. Do you know what I mean? And, and everyone was crossing over at that time. So we thought, oh, this is what we need to do to cross. So we made like a kind of radio friendly kind of song. And they didn't like it. Mm. And the song didn't even do nothing, but it didn't go in the top 200. And it was such a depressing time because, like, um, it was a shock because we thought, okay, that song didn't do good. We had a whole album. So we thought we're going to come with the next song and just build again. And the label was like, nah, we... Um, it's weird because, like, me and Risky, me and Rooney and Risky Rhodes and the whole label, we've come full circle. I just did a show for them, like, right. two days ago. So mm. like um, we've come full circle. Like Rooney, Risky Rose has got me. Um, he's just got me um, to perform at the National f National Gallery. Right, that's huge. And like yeah. he's got me the opportunity. It's next month. So like we've come full circle. We're working again. I'm happy life panned out that way. So I've got to talk to them and find out what happened. And he said the reason why they couldn't continue is because the money ran out. Right, and I didn't know that. So all that I thought it was like because, you know, the song didn't do good and. They didn't want to work with us anymore. So mm. that perception just led me into a whole different kind of depression. And um, yeah, man, I spiraled into deep depression after that. I became like isolated, like staying there. That was my first time knowing what isolation was. I didn't, isolation didn't exist to me. I was always outside. You go in the mm. corner, I'm dead. <laughs> I mean, just yeah. chilling with the mandem. Now, like, um, I'm, I don't want to chill with the mandem because like I'm embarrassed. I know everyone's got all these questions. Like, oh, you was just on MTV. That I mean, we mm. know was number one on MT. Like, do you know I mean, what happened to you? And you know, like when you're younger, it's completely different. Like yeah. now, it's like I can take it, like it's nothing. Yeah. But at that time, I was looking at it like, yo, this is the most humiliating thing that's ever happened. I, I saw some tweet from Louis Kessian some time back. Recently, no, a long time ago, a few yeah. years ago. He said he went from I don't know. He had a few, few yes. good features. He yeah. went from being on top of the world and yeah. selling weed on a block or something. Yes. Um, which is, it's mad. That's so my story, what happened with me, is so relatable. But I didn't realise, it's only now I'm hearing other people's stories. Yeah. But I didn't realise so many artists go through it. Yeah, Get yeah. dropped by their label at their peak mm. or like fall into depression after it's not working. Look at, um, is it Nathan? The singer. Singer. Yeah. I think he had I don't, little, I don't know his story though. But yeah, I but I know like, remember he was killing it I at remember. point and then yeah. he probably had disputes with it. It happens, bro. Yeah. It happens. Like, it's, it happens. So with you, because not everybody necessarily going to be aware of yeah. what was happening back then. So just to paint a picture as to what exactly happened and also more importantly, what was going on inside your head? Did you even understand what was happening? Did you clock that, that you know? No, I didn't. Ill? I didn't, man. I didn't. I only started, it's only now I'm starting to like really piece all the puzzles together. But at that time, because it's a weird time for me because not only was I going through um, being dropped by the label and music not going well, I was also like evolving as a person more spiritually. Mm. Like I remember it was 2012, I'll never forget it because that period in, 
in the world was like funny. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. new information was coming at us and like it was just a funny period. And I remember like my friends convers me and my friends' conversations just got deeper. Yeah. Out of nowhere, we're speaking about aliens and like <laughs> um, the universe more mm. and like out of nowhere, but I don't know who came around and just started <laughs> bringing those conversations, yeah. but someone infiltrated yeah. and just started bringing those conversations and the conversations just got deeper. And then I met a girl called Whitney and um, she was like my mentor and she just started, um, she was already way ahead on that journey and she mm. just started introducing me to books and like. Uh, giving me books to read and I appreciate it now but at the time I don't think I appreciated it because mm. uh, I wasn't I didn't know how to like um, break down the books I was reading I was just reading it raw yeah. you know like how you've read my book mm. and then you can do an interview with me and get more context on certain parts mm. that's amazing that's why people go to school do you know what I mean? So the teacher can break down what we're learning. Yeah. If not, we'll just go to school, get the book, and then get the textbook and then go home. But <laughs> yeah. you need a teacher to really break down what you're... Yeah. And that's what I didn't have. So I was reading all these books raw, and I was perceiving certain things in the book wrong. Mm. I didn't have no one to really explain it to me. And that kind of triggered me as well. So my first breakdown had a lot of triggers. It wasn't just the music. Right. That's what started it. That was the catalyst. But then other things that was going on, what was happening as well, played a major part and then that's what led down led to my first um my mm. first breakdown and getting sexual for the first time so what other things are you alluding to then i mean like um the information i was learning i felt mm. like i had a which i explained in the book i had like an overload which that can happen mm. like my this thing crashed do you know what i mean like there's so much pressure going on at the same time that um i couldn't explain or deal with and it was too much of me. And I had no one to talk. I didn't talk to Double O Vertex about it. I didn't feel like they would understand. And talking to the mandems, like we talk all the time now about everything. But at that mm. time, it's not cool to just turn to the mandem. And, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, and everyone's on their own. Um, everyone's on their own path as well. Mm. Like I remember we used to watch like um, um, conspiracy documentaries. You know, there's a lot of conspiracy yeah. documentaries, yeah? And I remember Double would sleep through it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he would sleep through it. Now, Double comes to me with like, yo, have you seen this? <laughs> yeah. So like everyone's on their own path at, at different times. So I couldn't turn to Double at that time because like he was into other things. Do you and know what I mean? Would you, was it like, because um, in the book you talk about the time when you first got taken away. Yeah. Would you say that you snapped or was it like a, over a period of time just deteriorated until you got to that state it was over a period of time I never just snapped at one time it was mm. definitely it was definitely like over a period of time because mm. like um, I remember certain points at like where my friends would like I got a friend called Landry and he would be like to me bro you're talking so much in the car <laughs> he would be like mm. bro what are you talking about <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. he would be like bro like if he sees this if I can call him that he'll tell you People yeah. like, bro, what are you talking? You're talking because I had, I knew, I, I had so much in my mind at that time. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That I was taking in, and he was like, bro, you're talking so much. What are you talking about? I'm like, yo, do you see that? Do you see this? Do you see this? Mm. Do you know it's this and this and this? And like, it was just driving my friends crazy. But I thought it was normal to me. I thought, bro, I'm the guy. Like, ain't you not seeing what I'm seeing? But um, now, now, fast forwarding now, I realize. Um, there wasn't nothing wrong with that, what I was doing. I just never understood what I was trying to get across to get it across in the right way. And mm. it wasn't the right time for everyone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what made it 
confusing. It's like coming back from 2025 now and doing an interview and you're telling him about 2025. <laughs> you might as well just go isolate yourself in the house because everyone you talk to in that year is going to think you're losing it. So I understand Kanye West to a certain point. You know how he says like he's 10 years ahead and he's like talking to the future. Yeah. And we watch his interviews later on and we're like, yo, <laughs> yeah. he told us though, like yeah. Nike was trying to, do you know what I mean? So it was a bit like that. The information I was learning was like prepping me for what I'm about to do now. But I was trying to tell them then like, yo, this is what's coming. Mm. And like some people is getting it. Some was like, bro, you need to get checked in. So yeah, I think it's easier when you get older, maybe older wise and all that to look back and be like retrospectively and be like, yes. yo, yeah, like, that, that was crazy. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get it now. Yeah, like, definitely. Sometimes, yeah, like when you're literally in it and you're yeah. li literally going through it, yeah. you, you, you're not, you're not even taking time to sit back and think and yes. be like, right, like my head is scrambled. Yeah, or, exactly. This is crazy. You don't, exactly. you don't even really know because exactly. you know, you're just going through the That's emotions. why mentors are so important. But they put things into perspective. They put things into perspective because they've done it. Mm. So they can be like, oh, I know. What, you, do you know what moment you're having right now? I had mm. this in this, and they put it into, I never had no mentor. For mm. me to get on this chair with you now, yeah, um, I had to do a lot of mistakes and a lot of banging my head and a lot of like, mm. do you know what I mean? To get mm. here, I had no guidance. Now I'm mentoring other people, but like, so I understand the mentor's journey because they have to like carve the, way, carve the way for themselves as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So... Do you remember the mindset at that point in time? That I was in? Yeah. Like, if you could think about like, if you was, like, there right now, do you remember, like, what was going on in your head? Like, what what was happening? Um, oh, that's a good question. Um, I remember feeling like I want to talk to someone about everything I'm learning. You know what I mean? I, I, I wanted to feel like Am I on the right path? You know that feeling of like, is this correct? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean though, innit? Yeah, I know. Like, bro, like, is this correct? Am I am I bugging out? Like, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, like, bro, is this, like, am I bugging out? Is this correct? Am I on the right path? Who can verify this for me? Do you know what I mean? Who can, that's what parents are there for. That's what like, and I, that's and that's what makes me do what I'm doing now with so much passion because I know that being alone is the worst place to be in ever in anything it's do you know why it's so bad because you're seeing other people that's what mm. makes you feel even more insecure because you're like bro no one can't help me but i'm seeing like all these other people mm. like i saw a tiktok and he was like um when they want to punish a prisoner they take them away from society and put them in prison but they take you to the is it the block yeah i said yeah by yourself bro yeah. like no one's punishing no one's punching you nothing bro you're just mm. by yourself that's enough punishment because those thoughts are making you think why me do you know what i mean everyone's living their lives why do i have to be the one that's in the, all those thoughts and like no one's there to help you with those thoughts as well to let you know if the thoughts are right or not like now i know enough information to walk my own path by myself because yeah. like, I, I verified the information so I know like okay this is right this is correct that's different but like not having no one to verify it for you and you being in the wilderness is um, it's, it's really scary and you got sectioned four times four in times the... last time was last year sectioned four times yeah what was um, you feel like those experiences what's what's the experience is it like when you're talking about the isolation and being going to the block is that 
Because when you watch the movies and that, you know, you say, <laughs> yeah. you, people be like in a strafe jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but the strafe jacket, strafe jacket is like the most severe. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That's what when you watch movies. <laughs> yeah. That's, when, that's, that's all you see. That's the only depiction you get. That's all you it's see. It's true. It's true. But what was your experience? Um, do you know what's so scary about being sectioned is you don't know what to prepare for. You know, like with prison, as soon as you get sentenced by the judge and they put you in that van, you kind of start telling yourself, this place that I'm going to is extremely violent. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. you kind of prepare yourself that I'm about to have a lot of fights and I can't be a pussy in this place. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, like, when you're in the ambulance van on the way to get sectioned, yeah, you don't have no frame of reference. Like, yeah. <laughs> what is going to happen in there? Is it yeah. violent? Is it like, what is going to happen? And what I've realised is like, being sectioned is more spiritual and being um, incarcerated, when you're in prison, it's more physical. Like physical things happen. Do you know what I mean? People mm. fighting you, people throwing hot water at you, whatever, however it is, yeah? Whereas mm. like being sectioned, the reason why it's more scary is because it's more spiritual. And the reason why that's scary is because as human beings, we're like, we like to make um, answers for everything that happens. Yeah. Even if we can't explain it, we'll like, that's why rumours are so popular because someone will see a picture and be like, I think it was this. I think, you <laughs> know I mean? They make their own answer. Whereas mm. like, when you see some, a spiritual encounter, bro, there's no words for it. And that troubles mm. you even more because you're like, why is this person in the corner talking to themselves with a handbag and one shoe on? Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. Obviously I'm making it sound a bit funny, mm. but like you're seeing this like, and it's not making sense to you. Do you know what I mean? Or like, why is this person just banging the door, banging on my window? And then I come there and they're not saying anything. You're seeing mm. all this abnormal behavior. Or like breakfast time. Can you imagine what breakfast time is like when you're section? Like all these different characters are like <laughs> coming into that one room to have yeah. breakfast. Like I remember there was this guy that used to do like the sign of the cross like 30 times. Before he in, eats. In like 20 seconds, bro. And like, you're looking at this and you're like, there's no explanation. So yeah. it's like, that's what's tricky about being sectioned. And like, I understand why people go into that world and never come out the same. Like, I'm mm. an anomaly, like, thank God, like, grace of God is on my life that I can come out and still be intact like this and conduct mm. interviews. But like, if I, the longest I've been sectioned is like two and a half weeks. If I stayed mm. any longer, we wouldn't be having this conversation. The longer you stay in that kind of... You know what I mean, though, innit? Yeah. Environments rub off in you anyway, naturally. Yeah. The yeah. longer you stay in an environment like that, it'll change you. It, it has to change you. Nurses are different. They come and they go home. Do you know what I mean? I'll look through my window and I'll see the nurse that I was just with on their way home and I'll see them when they come in the morning. Us as patients, you're there. The people that everyone's scared of in society that you see at the train station, that's my next... That's my... He's next door to yeah. me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm with them. Like, there's no escaping for me. I can't just be like, oh, I don't like this environment. It's making me feel nervous. Can I spend time with my auntie and then come back? No, like, you're here. Mm. So, like, that's that's what it's a lot mentally. It's, it's, it's a lot. Are you in a good place now? Better. Much better. 100%. Definitely. Uh, have you got any particular type of practices or things that you do to help you stay in a better place? Yes, man. I have a few. I have a few. Um... My internal dialogue has got better. That's extremely important. I always preach that. Because someone asked me, because they know I got the self-love song. Mm. And someone was like, what was the inspiration? Why did you make that song? And I read a book from a woman called Louise Hay. 
I don't know if you ever heard of her. I've heard the name. She, I think she has a few books. Yeah, she's got a few. She's got a book called You Can Hear Your Life. I feel like I've read one of her books. I know the name, but I don't know. Though. Yeah, she's incredible. Yeah. And she spoke about um, self-love. But she mm. spoke about it in a way that I've never heard before. It changed my life. She was mm. like, people think self-love is like bubble baths and, you know, putting on nice clothes and yeah, going yeah, to a, yeah. going novel cough. That would mm. be a nice restaurant, which, which is cool. You can do those things. But she was like, self-love is your internal dialogue, how you speak to yourself. Because that internal dialogue of yourself starts from the beginning to the end. Mm. That bubble bath and that novel cough and that, um, that's only for two minutes, 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Then the internal dialogue continues mm. after that. After you've had that little fun, it's back <laughs> to um, yeah. dealing with this again. So if you can get that internal dialogue of yourself right, you'll be all right for the rest of your life. You'll be your best friend. And like, the reason why that's important as well is because everyone else you meet mirrors the internal dialogue you have. That's why they say birds of the um, feathers flock together. Yeah. Because what it's basically saying is that all those birds are thinking the same. That's what brought them. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if you go to a train station now, the platform you're on, everyone on that platform is thinking about Bromley. That's what brought you there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. So I don't need to ask you lot what you're thinking. I know you're, what you're thinking because we're here. So like, um, that's what I changed. I started looking at people that I admired and I started adopting their internal dialogue. Mm. And then I started bumping into them because now we share the same internal dialogue. Yeah. If I love chocolates and um, you know what chocolate shops I go to, you can go there too and you'll bump into me because yeah, yeah. you're sharing the same dialogue I've got. Whereas like the internal dialogue I had before was muddled up and it was wrong. And it led me to be in section with other people that had muddled up and wrong internal dialogue. I'm talking to other patients and mm. I'm chatting to them and what they're saying is not, it's not, making sense yeah. or it's a bit do you know what I mean mm. and I'm like oh obviously at the time I didn't realise I'm just judging them like what's wrong with this guy but not mm. knowing that no your internal dialogue brought you here too <laughs> like do you know what I mean yeah. but now looking back I'm like oh that makes sense because like as soon as I changed my internal dialogue I'm in places like this and doing TED Talks in front of 3000 and mm. Adidas um, Paralympic adverts and all these incredible things Yeah. so like that's what a message I'll preach if we can get your internal dialogue right and let me go deeper into that because there might be someone at home thinking what does it mean by getting my internal dialogue right I mean the way you speak to yourself like if you was to knock over this bottle of water do you go straight into like see you're an idiot this is what you always do you know what I mean do you go straight mm. into beating yourself up or can you just like pick yourself back up from where you left just little things like that is important when you make mm. mistakes how do you do you know what I mean? Yeah. What do you say to yourself? Like, do you yeah. go into like a whole 10 minute onslaught on yourself or like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Or like, um, when you do win and you do do good things, do you pat yourself in the back for it or do you just brush it off? Like, oh yeah, that was, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just little things. I started changing, tweaking, tweaking little, little things and it worked. And Yeah. Like, worked. As you're talking, like, all sorts of things are popping into my head. <laughs> yeah. All sorts of things. Right? Yeah. There's um, a couple of books popped into my head. Yeah. A few, I read this book called what to say when you talk to yourself. Mm. I would love to read something like that. That's I th amazing. I, th I think that's what the book's called. Oh, it's, yeah. sign, it's very literal, the name. Yeah. It's like, yeah, what to say when you talk to yourself. Something like yeah. that. Talks about the levels of self-talk. Yes. Um, yes. And one being, I think you've forgotten the levels, but four was the highest. And yeah. being like, um, that's like a level where you're, you say you're you're one with um, this or you're one with that. The one, yeah. a level a level three was like, just everything being very positive, basically. Yes, yes. And it's quite similar, I think, to what you're talking about. Yes. That's what your the self talk or what yeah, you're saying in your head, important. the internal dialogue. Yeah, it's important. And also got me thinking about another book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People.
I don't know if you've read that. I've I've, I've stumbled across it. That one is good as well because a lot of people when they they focus a lot on like inspira- inspiration, so you're like your momentary like yeah yeah let's go let's do this. <laughs> yeah. That book's like throws yeah. all that out the windows. Yeah. Like focus on you. Yes, yes. That, your, you yes. as a person get that yes. on point, and then the rest of it will follow. Yeah, that's way more important. Yes. in the long term. And the other thing, because in your and it goes back to your book actually, because yeah. you're talking about the, um, the internal dialogue, and in your yeah. book you talk about the power of words, yeah, quite a lot. It's a strong theme, yeah. And you also talk about um, Tupac and yes. his mum and yes. that, that in the beginning, yeah. I saw that interview. She said like she asked God like, I want a child that can you know lead a nation and like, and she got it. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. So that means like you can already start putting things in place before your child has got here. I mean, you mm. don't even have to wait. You can already start saying to yourself, like, I would love to have a child that, you know, helps the world. And, like, you can put that order in and you'll get it. Yeah. And she did that. And, like, look what she got. We got an incredible person. That guy was... <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? That he was... A, like, he, so imagine everyone yeah. was putting that order in. Do you know what I mean? Tupac is nuts because he, so, he died so young. Yeah, he was People only forget, 25. He was, he was in his 20s. He was yeah. young. Yeah. He was, he was a very young man. Yeah. And the stuff he used to talk yeah. at that age. Yeah. Man. yeah, that's what I'm saying. What a guy, man. That's what I'm Tupac. saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, and then taking it back a little bit now. So yeah. obviously, you, know, you said that there was a few things that led to you going, um, being sectioned and yeah. taking you down that path. Music being one, then yeah. a few other things. You talk about... Uh, your mum yeah. and why at the start I was talking about your mum and the importance of her and the role yeah. she played Yeah, because of course your mum's you know, very loving she played a very important role mm-hmm. growing up and at the same time mum's being mums and I know it because i got my mum they're very loving and they want yeah. the best for you Yeah, and in them wanting the best for you they yeah. will try and steer you down a certain path yes. you know what I'm saying like yes. you make sure you do this yes. study that yes. blah 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 so that you yes. can be successful so that you can be happy so that you yes. can make money and live a good life Yes, and then there was an element of your mum doing that as well. With yes, you, man. When it came to your music, when I said about dad, didn't it? With, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> your yeah. dad said um, he had started to tell you something yeah, like that, yeah, and then yeah. <laughs> and I asked my mum because I got shook. I was yeah. like, I've just started talking to this man. Like, like what's up? <laughs> like, what's like already? You've already come in with your stuff. Like, if I knew, I wouldn't even start talking to you again. We can just we can just keep it how it is. Yeah. And then he was like, Yeah, I got something to tell you. I was like, Tell like tell me. He was like, I'll tell you a bit later. Even he didn't know how to like. He was probably thinking like, How am I going to tell this yeah, guy? Yeah. I've just come in his life after 20 <laughs> years later and I've already come in with my messages. Mm. So I said to my mum, I was like, mum, um, my dad called and he was like, he wants to tell me something. Is there something <laughs> wrong? And she was like, ah, I told him to tell you to get a job. <laughs> I was like, why would you put him in that situation? Yeah. And she was like, oh, maybe you would listen to him. But like, my mum was so supportive of my music, but I feel like just everything I was doing in general, music, everything, no, not the mental health side. She wasn't supportive of the mental health side. That mm. side, like she didn't understand. You know the whole, yeah. what country you from? Ghana. Yeah, I'm like Nigerian. You know what it is anyway. It's like yeah. deeper. Yeah, yeah. Um But my mum got frustrated. She got fed up after a point. After it hits like 10 years, it's like, bruh, you got to start making money from this or like some sort mm. of, do you know what I mean? So my mum will say little things here and there like, but that was like the last straw when she asked my dad to like, ask me to get a job. But um, yeah. But you being as you are now, so you're a lot older, you're a lot wiser. Yeah. Is there anything, if you look back at a, a younger version of yourself, yeah. is there anything that you would like do differently when it comes to the music? Anything you'd do differently or would you just do things exactly the same? Bearing in mind, like I guess your mum wanted the rest of you and telling you. So in the Marvel thing, what would have changed the whole trage- trajectory of Marvel is just little opportunities if we talk. So the Drake opportunity. If we had built a stronger relationship with him during that week we saw him, 
then mm-hmm. obviously now he loves the UK so much. We would have been the first people who would have yeah. hollered at. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's one that I would have changed. Number two, um, Vertex got our mixtape, Marvel FM 3, I think, that had Marvel music on it. Went to a party that Nicki Minaj and Nicki Minaj's manager was at and he got into the VIP somehow and gave um, the CD to Nicki Minaj's manager. Yeah. And Nicki Minaj's manager listened to it when he got back to America and we left our number in it. He called us and said, yo, because all the other stuff was grind, but we put Marvel Music on there just to test it. That's the only hip-hop song we put on there. Yeah. He was like, I don't understand the other shit. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, but our first song... <laughs> That shit, fire. He was like, if you can send me a video of like your vision and where you see yourself, then I'll do the rest. And we didn't send a video. Oh, man. Because we, that's what made me realize like we was just freestyling everything, but we never had a clear vision of who we was and what we're doing. We was just like, the only thing we knew is that we love music and we're having fun and, you know, this is what we're doing. Mm. Whereas like, that's what I would have changed. I would have figured out who I am what I'm doing, just in case anyone asks me. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I want to help you. What? What's your brand? What do you? Do you know what I mean? Mm. You need to have an answer. If not, that was a, that was, even though we missed the Drake route, we still had the Nicki route. Do you know what I mean? With the yeah. manager. So that I would have tweaked. Um, there's a few things, a few opportunities I would have taken if I can go back. Then in terms of like my life, with like my mum, I think what I would have changed is if I would have had some sort of mentor. Mm. someone that could like because I'm an only child as well on top no brothers no sisters then in the outside world there was no like you know father figure type person that's what I would have changed yeah if I had that it's so important it cuts down everything yeah the mistakes that, that took them 20 years it'll take you like 10 I mean I would have yeah. tried to find something like that yeah uh, talk to me about Black Boys Can Cry oh yes Black Boys Can Cry is a documentary I just did of ITV it comes out on the 8th of October the way that even came about was crazy. I've got like a supporter called AJ Sony. He like comes to all my shows and I'll do like a random talk somewhere and he'll be in the front row. And it's like, bro, I didn't even promote this show. Like, how did you find out about this? He comes to everything. So, um, but he does spoken word and he asked me to come to his video shoot. And I remember I was debating with myself like, oh, I really don't want to go. Mm. Sorry, AJ, if you see this, but I'm just being completely honest. I was like, I don't want to go. I'm not too sure. But then he was like, please. And I knew like, um, it was something that would have hanged on my shoulders for long. Every time I see him, he'll bring it up. Why didn't you come to my video shoot? So I went to the video shoot and there was a director called Jessica that was shooting a video. And we spoke. Obviously, she's directing me what to do in the video. And then we spoke and she took my number. A couple months later, she called me and said, yo, I'm working for ITV. They've given five of us an opportunity to make an hour-long documentary and I'm choosing to make my documentary in your life. I was like, Bruh. imagine I didn't go to that video. <laughs> and shoot, like, yeah. And like, um, yeah, then we met up, had a meeting in an ITV building with all the big heads. And so the documentary was meant to be a 60-minute documentary of me at first. And then I don't know what happened, what conversations happened, but then they decided to get Alex Beresford involved. And like now, but I'm so happy they did that. I'm so happy they did that because he's more familiar to like the ITV audience. Do you know who he is? The weatherman. Yeah, the that, yeah. one had the argument with Piers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's more familiar. They're more familiar with him, the ITV audience. So like he's kind of ushering me in. So I think that was a great idea that they did that. And and also they brought other black um, males involved as well, which is beautiful. Their stories need to get shown. So like, 
but I'm the only reoccurring person that they come back to in the documentary. Mm. So they come back to me like two, three times, which is amazing. So I can't wait for everyone to see it. It's a bit um, nerve-wracking, though, because it's like, yo, this is going out yeah. to, like... <laughs> going out to the whole UK. The whole UK, like, <laughs> yes. millions. But, like, yeah, I understand the bigger purpose behind it. And it's the goal and the vision behind it to, to highlight black mental health. Yes, things. yes. It's called Black Boys Can Cry because um, I think the whole goal is they're trying to, we're trying to tackle the suicide issue. The numbers are ridiculous. It's getting way too high. And that's what Alex... I don't even want to... Let me not add that into the show because I'll wait for people to see it. I'm not going to spoil it. But like that was the main intention behind the show is to see what what's really going on, and um, I like the title "Black Boys Can Cry" because black men are always viewed as like aggressive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, people probably don't even think we cry. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean, our black men the whole day to stab people and like, do you know what I mean? So like, I like the fact that I could, that's a stepping stone to breaking the stereotype and the stigma. Yeah, you spoke about how you cried when you met. Um, I don't know when you met when your mum showed you the photo. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I burst out into tears. I went into the bathroom and she came and saw me. She's like, this is why, like, <laughs> I don't tell you things. Like, yeah. I burst out and cried. And the reason why I cried is because, like, um, it made the Marvel thing so significant in my life that she lost two kids and then I joined a group of, like, Double S and Vertex. Uh, That's why I cried, yeah. Two kids. Yeah, because yeah. I pieced that together. And I was like, oh, that is crazy. Like, the group that changed my life and, like, introduced me to you and the reason I'm here was like two other kids you know what I mean Vertex is an only child then Double's name's Double which is like two do you know what I mean mm -hmm. Double S mm -hmm. so like it couldn't be more clearer like and like I, so that was overwhelming and that's why I just burst into tears like yo that mm. is crazy if you was to have a billboard like let's say Broadwater Farm or wherever like Leicester Square whatever a billboard that was about your life and had like a sentence about who you are what you stand for what would it say? two things it's Ivar Vulnerability is the new call, which is the name of my album. That, mm -hmm. like, vulnerability is the new call, it's just like, that just sums me up in in a word. Or if not vulnerability is the new call, then don't be ashamed. That would be like being mm -hmm. on the billboard. Those are like two things that, like, that's the core of me. I'm always trying to attack the things that I'm afraid of and ashamed of, and that's holding me back. I'm always trying to face them head on. That's what, hence why I wrote mm -hmm. the book. I was yeah. like, nah, I need to, I need to get all of this. Yeah, I mean, on that, don't be ashamed, even on the vulnerability being new call. And that, like, I guess that's been a journey you've gone on, obviously, because you said you were younger and then you, you're out with the guys and you can't tell double yes, vertex. Like, exactly. this, is, this is what's going on in my yes. head. And then now, a few years later, you're, you're writing books about it. Yeah, exactly. You're here talking about that's it. That's what I'm saying. On socials and that. And that's yes. a journey yes. you're going on. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. How did you get to that kind of a stage where you felt comfortable now talking about this kind of thing? Like, how did, how did you get there? Um, two ways. Number one, I had no choice. I was like backed into a corner, like yeah. because I'm a I'm a kind of artist where um, I like to speak about what's going on in my life, whatever it is, which is difficult because that like, God might throw a curveball on you, yeah. and might put you in which I got. God might put you through an experience that is not popular in society, and be mm. like, okay, let me see if you talk about this. Then, now I mean, mm. people laugh at people that get sectioned. People think getting sectioned is embarrassing. People think getting sectioned is a spiritual curse. Let me hear you talk about this then. Do you know what I mean? Where, and I'm like, oh. So, so all I really did was just play the cards I got dealt, but I played it like it was like aces. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, number one, I had no choice. And number two, the world changed, which I couldn't have planned. The world kind of helped me a bit more. I'm not going to lie. Because back in 2012, I was talking about it, but not like this. 
the world mm. was different. But I don't know what shift happened about mental health, but um, something happened where everyone just got fed up. I think because um, even though you're not affected directly, people have people around them that they've never spoken about. Because I'm seeing it now. I met someone the other day and who's like, my mom's got bipolar and she's had it since I was young. And I always had to lie about her do you know what I mean? Situation, mm. and I've never spoken to anyone about it. And people ask me, why don't I see your mom? Do you know what I mean? So there's so much people that's got family members, brothers, sisters. So I think they had enough and said, yo, we gotta we gotta break this stereotype just to make it easier for me to be able to talk to someone. And number two, we've got to tackle this issue. And then my story just happens to be the story. Do you know what I mean? In this era. So that's God's plan. I couldn't have planned that. I couldn't have told you, like in 2023. The world's going to be looking for answers and my story is going to be like a blueprint for the answers. I couldn't have. I just followed my path. What was the reaction when you started to talk about it? Um, I got mad love. I even say that in the Don't Be Ashamed song when I, like, when I first got sexual, when I first got sexual. Mommy told me not to speak for my own protection, but when I spoke out, I got a warm reception. And to be honest, that was something that I weren't expecting. And that's facts. Like when I spoke out, people started telling me their stories and... um. Comment, even the book I was nervous about the book I was like oh my god my auntie has to read this mm. my uncles copies might get sent to Nigeria like it's out now I can't just get everyone's copies and bring it say let me take it back <laughs> to the factory <laughs> like it's here do you know what I mean yeah. but like the reception I've been getting is beautiful someone messaged me yesterday and said yo I respect the fact that you put your whole heart and soul into it I was like raw so like that means that vulnerability is something that like even though we all can't do it. We all can, but I mean, even though we all don't do it, it's something that's really commendable in society because people understand how difficult it is to do it. Mm. So yeah, yeah. The book's good. I love the way you wrote it. It's like you. It's like it's like you wrote it like a musician because <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's line by line. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Like, 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 this and is like the one bar, one bar, one bar. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I like the way it's put together. And it flows now. So yeah, you know, with so the poems like, and like that. I got to give my publishers credit for the poems, the way they place the poems at every chapter. That was epic. With the questions too good questions to make you think about the sections of your life as well. It's, it's mm -hmm. amazing. I'm so proud of the book. Yeah. I'm proud of it. Uh, so what's next for you then? What is next for me? Um, the ITV documentary is next. I got a screening. I did two documentaries actually. I did one with ITV and I did another one called Me, My Music and Mental Health with Harrogate, Blackfriars um, organisation in my community. And I'll invite you down to the um, you and oh, that'd, that'd be sick, man. Yeah, I'll invite yeah. you down to the screening. It's on the 10th of October. I'll send you the tickets after this. Oh, that'd be sick, yeah. World Mental Health Day. I've got that coming up. Um, I just got nominated for two awards. There's a Congrats. Royal Award, yeah. So yeah. hopefully, I don't mind, but if I just the nomination is cool, but I do want both of them. Yeah. <laughs> if I can come <laughs> home with both of them, then I'll yeah. come home with both of them. I got nominated for that. That's in November. Can people vote for it? Or is it? Nah, they got a, it's a panel thing. Right. So like we have no, it's all in God's hands. Like there's yeah. nothing I can do. But to get you to get the nomination, someone has to bring your name forward and say, oh, check out this guy. And they checked it out and nominated me for two. So we'll see mm -hmm. what happens. So that's coming up. Um, I want the BAFTA for this ITV documentary. I really want that nomination. Mm. I really want that nomination because I know the BAFTA will just open up so much doors. And the possibility is there. The possibility is there. Um, so that'll be a good start to 2024. I think the is in February. That'll be incredible if we could get a nomination or win it. So mm. um, then my album, Vulnerability is the New Cool. Um, I'm going to start bringing out singles from that like, November. So yeah, it's a very exciting time. Busy time, man. Busy time. Yeah, always Busy working time. in it, man. Yeah, for been, sure. Been working for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm tired. Do you see that Dave post? 
Dave, no. Dave, Dave posted on Twitter. I think he said, "I've been tired since 11. <laughs> and like, I feel him. Like yeah. I feel him. I'm exhausted. Wow, that's good, man. But and it's got to be done. Yeah. The mission continues. That's it, man. And uh, to wrap wrap things up, then yeah. Uh, what's um? If you got any advice for any other people in there who are wanting to drive some change in their lives and their communities, in whatever they're trying to do, what advice would you give them? Um. Ooh. The advice I'll give is um, knowledge is only power when it's applied. And that took a long time for me to get my head around because I thought I was the guy because I knew all of this mm. stuff. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But my life was still the same. Mm. Nothing was changing. But like knowledge is only power when it's applied. So like go out and get the knowledge, but apply it. And when you apply it, you'll see you see like incredible results. You see amazing things. And the knowledge is out there now. It's not like mm. before, like when a, a certain group in society hid everything from us. No, like go on Google, go on YouTube, everything's there. If you don't know how to work this microphone, you can type this mic, whatever this mic's called in YouTube, and the guy's going to pop up explaining to yeah. you. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, what you, like everything's there. So like go and search for the right things though. That's the thing. It depends what you search for. Because everything's there, but you could be searching, like, I don't know, cartoons or something. Or nothing's wrong. <laughs> don't crucify me for cartoons. But you know what I mean, though. Search things that, like, self-improvement, how the mind works. In fact, start with the mind. Because we've all got one. And it's not going anywhere. Do you know what I mean? So you mm. better learn how it works. So let's start there. Do you know mm. what I mean? Use, I, don't know how, I don't know how busy your work schedule is, but take some time out and just find the right books, the right mindset books. And, yeah, if you can get your mindset right, everything will fall into place. But my advice to the people with mental health, though, that's going through, I wrote in a book, the three S's. I don't know if you got to that part. I don't think I've got but, to that um, There's three S's that I said you used to help me was, first one was self-image, like the image you have of yourself. That's so important because like when you go into hospitals with people that section and you talk to them, you realise that their image of themselves is like, can I swear? Yeah, yeah. It's fucked up. Mm. Let's just start there. Mm. Do you know what I mean? How they view themselves, like, what you see and what they see when they look in the mirror is two different things. So we need to get the self-image right. And the best way to get your self-image right is to, I don't know what religion everyone believes in or what their faith is, but like you have to start there. Do you know what I mean? Or if, it, if, you, if you don't start there, then find people that have positive self-images of themselves and adopt it. Like, it's not wrong to do that, you know? Like, I call myself a belief thief. But positive belief, people. Like I'll take, like I'll hear Kanye say something called Jay Z, and I'm like, oh. Even um, I met Seth Golden. I did an interview. I did a. Do you know who Seth Golden is? Seth. Oh, the the, the writer. writer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did like a um interview with him. Yeah, but I found out about him through Jay Z. Oprah was asking mm. Jay Z, "What's your top five books?" And he was like, yeah, one of them's called Purple Cow from Seth Golden. I was like, who's that? What's Purple Cow? What's Jay-Z's? I want to know what you're, do you know what I mean? Mm. So I did a research on him and I just got obsessed. I started watching all his videos. And then I started telling my friends. And I was annoying one of my friends about it. And she was emailing him while I was annoying her. Saying, oh, I've got this guy called Shocker here. He loves you. This is what he does. <laughs> and Seth Golden come back and said, he's extraordinary. I love to talk to him. Then she told me and I was like, oh shit. Then I snapped at a fan mode and be like, oh, I can... I got to snap out of it and make this valuable. And then I put some questions together and we did it. And like, it's on my Instagram and people loved it. But like that just came from listening to Jay-Z. Now, I mean, I didn't even meet Jay-Z. He just said one word, Seth Golden. Mm. Now I got an interview. So like find people that are successful and look at their self-image. How do they view themselves? 
as much as people call Kanye crazy, his self-image is beautiful because we can see by his results. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. we can see by his results. So um, that's number one, self-image. Number two is self-love. After your self-image is right, then you can love yourself. Because if your self-image ain't right, if you think of yourself as like a horrible person, I tell you to love yourself, you're going to be like, why am I going to love a horrible person? It don't make sense. It's going to be conflict. Mm. So after you get your self-image right, then get your self-love right. And after self-love, the last S is self-acceptance. Then like, you have to now go back and accept everything that's happened up to that point. The mistakes, the flaws. And then, yeah, those three S's should help you. And then, yeah, there's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's it, man. Triple S. Yeah, triple S. <laughs> that's it. That's sick. Thank you. Man. Thank, Thank you for you, coming bro. down once again. Thank you for having me, man. Uh, this is important. I uh, much appreciate you coming down, man. Definitely. Uh, if people want to keep up to date with you, I'm going to put your book stuff in this, the description as well. Yeah, yeah, so please. That's it, but if people want to keep up to date with you and all your stuff, how can they best do so? Um, my Instagram is shocker underscore artist. Everything's on there. Everything's on my Instagram. And then Twitter, shocker underscore artist as well. Just those two. And you should find me. And the book, Section of My Life, is out now. Yeah, yeah. Section of My Life is on Amazon, right? Yes, Amazon. Yeah. Jeez. Cool, man. So we'll put that on, I'll put it in the description. So that's there yeah, as well, yeah, man. Thank Sick you. book, man. I love the way it's written. Thank you, Proper bro. Good, man. Me and my wife were talking about it this morning, actually. That's so Appreciate sick. So that's you. good, man. But yeah, that on. Oh, have you got any, actually, before I wrap up, you got any final words you want to say or? Final words. <laughs> um, Be great, man. Go be great, man. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. That's it. All right, cool. Thank you for coming down once Thank again. You, uh, this is one. So there's tissue here all this time. Yeah, yeah. There's ah, tissue. you're a snake, yeah. man. <laughs> I didn't know you need tissue. You've been watching me, nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> you should have said, man. I, I can't you believe it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't see it. Nah, oh man. my we got, goodness. We got tissue, man. We got tissue. We got water. Oh, cuz I can't, saw, I can't, I can't out, believe man. that. That's but, crazy. But hey, people, what's that? I don't know what's going on. I do have hay fever, but... <sighs> I yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Cool, man. Anyway, that's that. Let's wrap up this 1,000 Voices. We had yes. Shocker on the podcast. And for now, people, we're out. Love. Cool. That was epic, man. Nice one, man. Thank you. Nice.